Hello, this is Jeremy, back with another recording. And I thought I would just start off this one by reminding you why you should really be listening to these recordings. If you're listening, only if you're listening to it. If you're not listening to it, then you don't need to be listening to it. <laughs> but again, if we kind of um, take that paradigm um, that has sort of been built up over the last uh, some, ep some uh, recordings, you would remember that this new paradigm is seeing your life as a dream. And um, if it was a dream, then who would be talking to you right now? <laughs> you would really be talking to yourself and there would be nothing else going on in all of existence aside from you hearing these words right now. Um, and again, this isn't just about this recording, but it's about all the moments of your life in general and anything you, it's sort of a different way of reframing things. Um, so for example, if you're listening to a friend talking to you, um, you're listening to a, a YouTube video about someone talking, you're reading a book. Remember, you are creating that book. You are creating the words that are being spoken to you, and they're being spoken to you for a reason. You're basically, this is, this is how you send messages to your lower self, the character inside of the dream. This is how the, the you, the, the self that's outside of the dream, that's outside of time and space, communicates with the little you, the little character, the little conscious mind um, inside of the dream. So again, don't think of it as outside and inside, but really deeper layers of the mind. So um, the mind, the deep layer of the imagination that's projecting out this entire experience around you, um, communicates to the, the character that <laughs> is inside the dream that was created by that imagination um, through different means. One of those means is recordings that you listen to, audiobooks, uh, YouTube videos, um, just a friend telling you something, a random stranger telling you something. Um, <clears throat> so that kind of really reframes. I remember when I, I kind of realized this when I was listening to this video, and I was kind of half listening, half not. I was like, oh yeah, this part, yeah, this part's kind of relevant to me. Oh no, that part's kind of not relevant to me. Okay, I was kind of zooming in and out. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, this is me creating this sending this is me sending me a message <laughs> so um, I, I should pay attention because there's a reason it's happening and, and there's nothing else happening it's all relevant to me because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have projected this experience into the dream if it wasn't relevant to the character so um, that's just kind of another way of, of reframing the whole listening experience for you and uh, it also just kind of makes you pay attention a lot more if you realize, oh my God. And it's not like, so you can hear this recording or any other video or book that you read and be like, okay, this is meant for this broad audience and some of it's applicable to me, some, some of it's not. But remember, no, this is just for you. You're the only one that's ever going to listen to this. <laughs> You're the only one. This is recorded specifically for you, spoken specifically to you, and then it disappears from all of existence. So... Um, it's not, even though it may seem in the format of it, the appearance of it within the dream, that it's a recording that's sent out to a group of people or a video or a book that has sold millions of copies. Um, in this moment that you're listening to it, um, all that's a part of the dream, right? That's a part of the dreams that probably convince you to read it. But um, but no, in, in reality, you're, you wrote, <laughs> you, you recorded this message and you're speaking it to yourself in this moment and to no one else. There isn't anybody else. So um, there's only this moment right here. So yeah, just another way of reframing, listening to these recordings, but also just really anything. And it really focuses your attention. So that way, anytime someone speaks to you, even if they seem like the most unconscious person or they have nothing in common with you, you really tune in to what they have to say because you realize everybody is you. <laughs> Everyone is you speaking to you. Um, or another way, putting it in the more religious terms, is that everyone is God. You know, everyone you meet is God, um, and they're all so God is speaking to you all the time through other people, um, through th things you're reading, um, all that kind of stuff. So you just kind of have to pay attention, <laughs> and then you'll see how it connects. Um, and again, not all of it will be spiritual wisdom, right? Some of it could just be like someone saying, 
oh, you know, I, I really think you should uh, go to Europe. Like, I think you'd really like Europe. And then you meet someone else, uh, another one of your friends just starts talking about Europe. And then something else happens. Or, or then you, you start to hear, you hear some advice in a, in a book. And then your friend kind of sends you a message and it had something on the same theme. And then you kind of realize, okay, this is, this is not just random. <laughs> There's something trying to be communicated from my deeper self to my lower self here. Um, or from the, uh, the the self that's outside the dream or into the character that's in the dream. So, um, again, it's, it's really kind of about paying attention. And that, and that kind of leads me into the kind of topic that I want to discuss today, which is about um, trust, surrender, and intuition and signs. Basically, developing a whole new way of navigating the world. And I know a lot of people talk about intuition and things like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Go with your gut. But like, no, it goes, it goes so much deeper now than that. It's actually a completely different way of living every single moment of your life. Like you can't, you can't imagine. So if you think you know what intuition is, if you think you know what I'm talking about here, um, maybe you do, but, but I would uh, continue to listen because it may go a little bit deeper than uh, it might seem at first glance. It's not just about you know, making uh, your big decisions and trying to trust your gut. Like it, it really, it's an entire new way of navigating life. Um, and it, it really made, it's probably the thing, to be honest, that's made the biggest difference in my life uh, for the last year and a half, um, having this new way of navigating. And um, it's really changed everything at a very practical level, right? Because um, at an abstract level, there's been new paradigms that have downloaded, but on a practical level, you kind of need a new way of navigating to go along with these paradigms, you know? It's like, okay, so what? I get it, I'm this character in a dream. Sounds good. So what, what, do, what do I do? How, how does that affect my decisions in everyday life? So um, along with this, with this uh, understanding of what your reality is, which again, it does need to be experienced, um, fully download but also hearing about it I think can also open you up to deeper experiences but um, anyway along with that you need a new way of navigating so um, you know you, you realize you're this character you're in this dream that you're creating um, what what to do next <laughs> you might say well I want to wake up I want to I want to remember who I really am um, you know I want to be enlightened so to speak um, but really, as I kind of talked about before, you didn't come—you didn't come into this dream just to wake back up. There's uh, there's certain things that you came here that you wanted to experience, um, and until those things are, until you experience those things, don't don't forget you can you can wake yourself up whenever you want. Like you have that power. Um, you are the infinite being that creates everything in your experience. Um, so the fact that you're not, it's, it's, it's basically, it's only the conscious mind that says, oh my God, okay, I, I gotta wake up, I gotta wake up, I gotta, I gotta be enlightened. That's only the conscious mind, the, the lower self that, that wants that. The, the, uh, the deeper self is, isn't in as much of a rush. It, it remembers that, no, it came, it came here to have, have certain experiences and it's not gonna let you wake up until you have the experiences that it wants to have. So um, don't get too impatient or antsy about it. Um, that being said, you do need a new way of navigating in this dream um, towards the experiences. You, you need the dream to, you need to, a way to navigate towards these experiences that you wanted to have that will eventually, and, and you know what, eventually it will lead to an awakening because each step will, will improve your, it'll, it'll improve your level of, um, increase your level of consciousness and awareness. And uh, eventually when all things are experienced that need to be experienced, all the, all the programs that are installed have, have run their course and have been played out, then, um, you know, it'll happen. But there are many steps along the way, um, at least in the, in the way that the, the dream is presenting itself. So you really need this new navigational framework. And I'm going to talk about that here. Um, so there's probably two things that have made the biggest difference. And I, I, I kind of call this like finding your compass. You know, I talked about this a bit before, but you know, you're swimming through this this ocean of imagination. It can be very tempting to just be like, okay, well, it's all a dream. Why do I have to do anything? I'm just going to watch Netflix all day, <laughs> or uh, I'm just going to be lazy, or uh, or just start freaking out. Um, but really, like, that's not what this is for. This this is not. You didn't come here just to watch Netflix and be lazy. Um, you came here to experience things. Um, not just anything. You came here to experience specific things. Um, so 
And then these specific things are meant to help you evolve your consciousness, as we kind of talked about before. So it has to fit within that framework. Okay, so how do you do that? How do you actually, what is this new navigation, this new way of navigating? Um, so let's take um, every little decision in your life. How, how is it usually made? Okay, so let's say you're deciding uh, whether to go on um, a vacation. Um, and you're deciding about a particular place. You um, have a few ideas, and then you research each of these places. You talk to people that that went to these places. You look at all the pictures. You um, you know you determine. You look up all the flights. You make a spreadsheet of how much each of them costs. You kind of weigh the pros and cons. You look at the dates. You look up things to do there, and then um, at the end, you kind of based off all the information you gathered, you kind of estimate generally how much fun you're going to have in each of these places and then you divide that by how much it's going to cost and then you kind of make an estimation of which one is the most value so it's basically like the um the amount of fun divided by the amount of cost whichever one has the best kind of ratio is usually what you're going to decide but remember that's not just big decisions that's how you make every decision in your life um even coming down to looking at a menu you know, every you're not you're not picking the things that you want to eat most. You're dividing each thing by the cost and determining which one's going to have the most value. Um, when you walk out the door, like how do you decide what to do today? Everything is sort of this estimation of how much value it's going to bring to your life, divided by how much work it's going to take, how much it's going to cost you, and you're sort of so it's this very rationalistic way of thinking about things, just using reason and pros and basically it's a glorified weighted scorecard if you know what that is uh, but it's a it's a glorified uh, pros and cons list basically and and um, the reason that's done is because we've really only been that's basically how we've been taught uh, to make decisions right use use reason use logic gather data analyze decide gather data analyze decide reassess <laughs> right because then after each decision we, we then ruminate on whether that was really the right decision and we basically and a lot of it the core of it comes from a uh, a, a very very vast overestimation of the abilities of our mind a very very vast overestimation of our abilities to um, predict what's actually going to happen in the future and uh, we, we think we have this really like amazing understanding of probability and prediction and uh, and, that, <laughs> and that basically uh, leads to us overestimating our mind's capacity to make really good decisions uh, but really um, it's really not that great <laughs> a way of making decisions and uh, this is evidenced by the fact that uh, there's probably many things in your life or many experiences you've had that don't aren't necessarily working out the way you wanted them to and uh, you're not really getting all the results that you want in your life um, so you know I think that that was kind of a big epiphany for me when I had the, <laughs> I had this moment where I just realized and you know I consider myself a pretty smart guy and I figured okay well I'm not really that happy right now um, I bet I could figure this out I'm pretty smart and you know I, I put out my best ideas out there and I read all the books as I said before and I and then I, I just had this moment where I realized, huh, nothing I'm doing is working. Hmm, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I really just don't know. I really don't know what the best decision is. I don't know whether this restaurant is gonna be better than that restaurant. I really don't know whether this experience will be better than that experience. I really don't know whether achieving this goal is gonna really make me happy or this, this goal is gonna make me happy or neither of them are gonna make me happy. So it's this kind of profound, humbling sense that really made the shift for me that, shit, I, I really don't know. I really don't know what's best for me. I'm not going to figure this out. I can't figure this out. My mind is just too feeble. I've tried for many, 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 many years to figure this out. It's just not going to happen. I give up. <laughs> not that I give up on the search for happiness, but I give up. I, I give up me trying to push and find and figure it out because i, I realize that w the thing that's going to figure this thing out is not going to be me it's just not um i have to tap into something much deeper um and, and similarly right if, if we're talking about being in a dream and waking up um <laughs> the thing that's sleeping in the dream is not going to be the thing that wakes up right it takes you, you need an intelligence from outside the dream that sees things from a much bigger perspective 
in order to navigate out of the dream. And that's what a lot of this process is. It's gradually navigating you um, back out of the dream, but um, having various experiences on the way, or at least that, that's kind of how it's experienced. Really, you could wake up at any moment, right? All you have to do is stop believing all the things that you're believing right now. But um, again, that's not really how it works. There's certain things that want to play out first. So that, that's how the, the experience is. So, okay, so if I'm not supposed to use my rational mind and I can't do it, and I'm not smart enough, and <laughs> again, like, don't make this into a self-deprecating thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a humbling thing, but it's actually, it's actually a very empowering thing because when you finally realize that what you've been doing isn't working, um, a new intelligence arises. But you have to have that realization first. You have to really let go. And like I, I remember I had this moment where I really felt how much I had been pushing and struggling and trying to find happiness for so long. And uh, basically just, yeah, I had this big moment of surrender where <laughs> I, I kind of like yelled out, just like, I give up, I give up, I need your help, I need help, <laughs> I can't do this on my own. Um, and that's when like basically an entire new dimension of life started prevent, uh, presenting itself. And this whole new compass uh, came came to me, and uh, basically since then, I make no decisions. Or I don't want to say no decisions, but pretty much my whole framework for for making decisions and operating is completely different now. And uh, I'll I'll kind of explain what that is. So um, let's say for taking back that decision of of going on a vacation. Um, not that you don't need to like look at any pictures of the places or you know gather a little bit of information or whatever, but but know that that's all that that that's that's not really that relevant. It's just only relevant because maybe um, <clears throat> the the dream will present more beautiful pictures of a certain place that you're supposed to go, and you'll you'll naturally feel excited about it more. Um, so that that can be useful, but but it's much more to do with how you're feeling about it than any of the logical or rational reasons and pros and cons lists. Because again, you don't know. So let's say you're looking at these three vacation spots. Let's say one of them has a super cheap flight. Your friend went. He said it was awesome. Okay. Well, that seems like a pretty logical decision versus this other one, which, yeah, also has really beautiful pictures, but it's kind of expensive. You don't really know anyone that went there. Uh, you know, prob probabilistically, the best, the first one's probably the, the better bet, but, um, but according to the ordinary mind. But if you can tap into the intuitive mind, it's making calculations that your ordinary mind cannot make, cannot even imagine to make. Um, there's actually been a lot of studies on this. It's pretty amazing about like the amount of data that your conscious mind can process versus the, the amount of data that your subconscious mind can process. And it's like it's like on a hundred X scale or thousand X scale. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but similarly, on a, on a deeper level, the, the, the intelligence that, that's guiding these decisions is also taking into account past, present and future because there is no past, present and future. Right. You're, you're creating this dream as you go. So. There isn't any such thing at like so probability doesn't really come into play. There isn't really this direct cause and cause and effect relationship. So let's say for example, yeah, you know rationally it seems like okay this first place your your friend recommended seems like the better option, but for some reason the intuition is telling you to go to this place. That's because it's taking into account so many more things that you can possibly imagine, right? So let's say you even get there and the place is kind of sucks and you're like man why did i come here but then you ended up meeting some person on the the train who ended up being like a lifelong friend and that that connection vastly outweighed any kind of like fun hikes you would have gone on at the first place right so it's basically taking into account these uh much more complex uh, reasons and really at the end of the day the experience itself that it leads to isn't even what's valuable the valuable thing is that you're learning to trust your intuitive mind and you're learning to navigate in a new way because um, this level of trust that you're building is is what's going to slowly cut down all this excess mental activity that you always have running in your mind right so m a lot if, if you really are aware of your thoughts you'll realize a huge percentage of your thoughts are, are basically just making decisions. They're always making decisions, making decisions, or, or pr trying to predict, okay, well, if I do this, this will probably work out this way. If I do this, it will probably work out better this way. Okay, I got this conversation coming up. Um, how should I go about it? Should I say this, should I say that? So it's basically like a solid percentage of your thoughts are all around decisions and decisions you have to make and thinking about it and ruminating over it and trying to figure it out. 
and uh, and trying to plan, right? You're like, that's uh, planning is also a part of decision making, right? Because you have to. You have to decide what your plan is. So you could say almost every, like, almost every thought is related to some decision in, in, in a way. Even things that have happened in the past, you're usually saying, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that better. Oh, if this had happened, then that would have worked out better. So you could say almost every one of your thoughts is either ruminating on a future decision or a past decision. So, um, and that's really what's key. It's not even about like, okay, well, this new navigational framework is going to lead me to have this and this and that. Um, it's not even about the results you get. It's about the process. And by having this new navigational framework that doesn't require the rational mind, all of a sudden, you, you don't, all your thoughts start getting cut down. And, and if you can't concentrate during your meditation and you have way too many thoughts going on that keep pulling you back in, chances are a lot of those thoughts are also about decisions. So when you trust life and you have this new compass that you can always rely on and you, and you feel confident in, then you don't have so many thoughts constantly spiraling around. Um, so how to tap into this intuit, intuitive mind, how to build trust in it. Um, and it, it kind of comes in two ways. There's an internal way and an external way. So um, one way of navigating, I'll talk about the, I'll talk about the, the external way first, even though there isn't really internal and external, but um, basically it's the symbols within the dream. So if you've read the book, The Alchemist, uh, they, they talked about the, the language of the world. And, you know, we read books like The Alchemist and we're like, oh, wow, that sounds so cool. What a nice story. Like, The Alchemist isn't a story. It's, it's literally about this process that I've been talking about in these recordings. It's a real person's experience that they kind of put into a fable. Um, but it, it's, it's symbolic of something. So if you haven't, reread The Alchemist, but from the perspective that this is like, this is the story of your life, not the story of some fictional character. Um, so when he talks about the language of the universe, that's something very real that, that you can experience in your everyday life. Um, so you ha but you have to pay attention and you have to believe that it's possible. You have to pay attention, you have to believe that it's possible. You have to ask for these signs and symbols to become, um, to present themselves for you. And then this will really help you navigate through the dream um, more, much more effectively and without, and without needing so much uh, rumination. So what are some examples of signs? Um, I think they come to everybody in different ways. So I'm just gonna talk about some of my personal experiences, but know that, that yours are, can be your own, right? And, and to some extent, you can kind of almost decide what it's, what it's gonna be. Um, because, again, you're the one projecting these signs into the dream anyway. So um, it's sort of just more of like this, this relationship that you develop between the deeper self and the lower self to kind of help bring them slowly and slowly more in alignment so that they kind of merge into one. And it, so it, for a while, it can almost feel like, you know, and that, that's why I think people... Uh, like this idea of having spirit guides or angels watching over them or or God that's watching over them because it really does feel like it's somebody else that's helping you. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's you uh, because it's not. It's not It's not your lower self. It's not your conscious mind. It's you but on like a deeper level. Um, so but so it can it can be helpful for a while if you want to give this uh, deeper self a name like God or your spirit guides, but, but just understand that really it, it's, it's still just you. It's just a deeper layer of your own mind that's projecting out this experience. So, but either way, you want to develop a relationship between the conscious mind and the deeper level mind so that it can kind of help you navigate. Because again, the, the conscious mind can't navigate itself out of, <laughs> out of the dream that it's, it's kind of perpetuating in some way. So it needs this uh, deeper intelligence to, to uh, assist it. Um, and, and bring it to experiences that it otherwise wouldn't. So some ways it presents in my dream. So a big thing for me is 1111. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this before or anything about numerology, but numerology has been very powerful for me. And um, and it also could be that I, I developed a relationship with like this this that's sort of just the language perhaps that me and this deeper self uh, developed a relationship around this whole thing about 1111. And uh, so 1111 is just a number that just keeps popping up in my life constantly. Um, I remember I went through a period of a few months uh, where I, I literally saw 1111 AM and PM every single day on the clock. I, I had happened to just feel this random urge to look at my phone or I'd be watching TV and I'd randomly feel an urge to turn my head and I would look at the, uh, the light on the, on the oven. 
and uh, it would see 11.11. And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe that's just because I was, uh, maybe I was thinking about it before and now I'm aware of it. So then it just kind of spiraled and now I just notice more when I see 11.11. So it feels like it's always there and I don't notice other numbers and blah, 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 blah. So I'm sure that definitely could be a part of it, but it doesn't re really matter. What, what matters is, is if it's helpful. And actually, I did, because I'm a dork, I did statistically calculate <laughs> the chances of seeing 11, 11 a.m. and p.m. every single day for multiple months. Um, you know, using the, the average amount of time, I'm actually looking at my phone or computer or somewhere that has a clock, and it was like one in millions you know it was a very unlikely thing to happen so i think there's, there's more going on to it than we believe and throughout this process this whole thing is about challenging the way we think the world works so again you don't have to believe this stuff actually you shouldn't believe anything until you experience it yourself but i'm bringing these ideas up because they're things that i'm experiencing in my own uh, dream and hearing about them can open you up to having the experience yourself. If you if you stay open-minded and you don't believe it or not believe it, then you stay open and you can kind of check. Okay, well, why don't I try this thing? Why don't I try just paying attention a little bit more to what's going on and, and thinking about things as more symbolic instead of so mechanistic? And uh, maybe, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Next time I'm confused, I'm going to ask. I'm going to really genuinely ask, please send me some signs, send me some guidance. And uh, just see what happens. Maybe maybe nothing will happen. Maybe it takes a little time, um, but maybe I'm, maybe it will. Something will happen. So just stay open-minded with it. Um, and again, expect the signs can come out come in different ways. So so with 11:11, it, it manifests in different ways. So for example, I'll have um, all of a sudden someone will send me um, a text message with like a certain uh, book, and that text message will arrive at exactly 11:11 a.m. or p.m. You know, and I'll be like, okay, well. Whatever this book, it's like a me it's a message from the universe for me, you know. So I'll I'll definitely read that book and take it to heart. Or um, someone will send me a message like I've been traveling for the last year. Someone will say a message. Oh, you know, you should really go to uh, Cape Town. I think you'd really like it there. And that message would come at exactly 11:11. 11, 11. Um, that's just one way it can happen. Um, so again, these are this is kind of the dream helping me navigate a bit more and and trust as well. Or I'll have an idea, be like, oh. I should, I think I should start writing a blog like that. Maybe that would be a good idea. And as soon as I have that idea, I look at the clock and it's exactly 11:11. So it's kind of like saying, yes, you're right. Um, and uh, I've also kind of understood it to just like be an invitation to remind myself that there's that this whole reality doesn't work the way that I think it should. And I just have a lot of deep gratitude that this like higher intelligence is helping guide me. So basically I also just think about what I really want and what I want to create and feel gratitude for, for what I already have um, in those moments. But um, yeah, that's just kind of one way is just seeing 11-11 different places um, um, just helps, has, helps me navigate. <clears throat> it helps me determine uh, something I have to do, right? Or I'll get an email with a certain, uh, opportunity business opportunity that'll come in at 1111 11, or there'll be some it'll say 1111 11 somewhere embedded in the email um so you know it'll uh it'll kind of show up that way so it shows up in different ways but that's just been one of my signs that have helped me um, navigate and uh, when it does happen i it, it usually is is telling me to do something that um there's usually a sense of it, it's not like i just okay i'm automatically following it blind faith um even it is kind of like that there's usually whatever it's telling me to do there usually already is a little bit of excitement about it and there is kind of a sense that like yeah yeah i should do that or i, I, I kind of want to do that or or yeah i mean i was kind of scared to do that so there were some hesitations and i didn't think it could really work out but 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 that was really something i wanted to do and so in some way you could see this you could see these signs like 1111 as just an external manifestation or a projection of your own intuition Right. So you're just you're because you, you maybe are a bit cut off with your in, your in, your real um, the real feeling state. It's, it's showing you your intuition symbolically in different ways to help kind of give you some validation early on, kind of like training wheels. Um, but again, signs can come up in many ways. Like there's, there's it's not just 1111. 11. You can see other types of repeating numbers and you can um, kind of Google the meaning for each of these numbers um, and 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 they have different kinds of messages associated with them. So that's kind of one way of, of kind of receiving higher guidance. Um, another way is just in trying to pick up on themes and repeating patterns in your life, right? So 
kind of like what I mentioned before. Um, like there was there was one time where I um, I met uh, I was in I was actually in the Sinai Desert in Egypt, and I met this girl from uh, South Africa, and she was just telling me there was nobody else from South Africa there. It was all other people were all people from the Middle East, and um, it was very random. I was like staying. <laughs> I was I was actually living in a in a hut there on the side of the on the side of the Red Sea, which was really cool, and like this like Bedouin camp, which was so beautiful. Um, side that was a little side note, but so I met this girl. She was like, the only person that wasn't that was from like a different part of the world, and she's just very passionately talking about Cape Town in South Africa and how I'd love it, how I'd love it. I was like, oh, that's cool. And at this time, I was kind of like ready to leave the Middle East, and I was looking to go somewhere else. And then um, later, I'm talking to one of my friends, and like he brings up, he's like, oh, you know, you should really go to Cape Town, and you know, I think like you'd really like it. It's just got it's got like a lot of nature and like really good food, and uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there, and mountains and beach, and like it's just like everything that you like. And I was like, oh, cool. What was it? I keep hearing about this Cape Town thing. Maybe we should check it. And then I, I Google Cape Town. And the first picture I see, I'm just like, wow, this is beautiful. And then like right under the picture, you know, Google, it gives you some information about the, the place that you just Googled. It said like the wind speed or whatever at the time was like 11.11 .11 kilometers per hour or something. I was like, oh, okay, Cape Town it is, you know, and, uh, and there was an excitement associated with it. So, um, so just like keep in mind um, things that you're hearing. It could be from friends, family, a random stranger. Um, uh, like an image that you see somewhere, a picture of something. Um, but you, you know, you, you won't pick up on these things until you're really paying attention to them. But uh, once you start really tuning in and paying attention and looking for things, not, not that you should drive yourself crazy. Oh, was this a sign? Is that a sign? You know, because there can be a tendency to do that. Like your, your attention will, will um, you know, the universe, again, it wants to bring your attention to these things. So it'll, it'll naturally guide your attention to these things, but you have to ask for it. You have to want it. You have to put, put some um, intention around it, right? About wanting to have this new way of navigating. And then you'll start seeing it showing up, right? Because remember, it's, it's your dream. Whatever shows up here is what you want to show up. So if you want to have this new navigational um, system, I highly recommend that. So that's another one. Just looking for patterns. Are multiple people giving you the same kind of advice? Um, are multiple people like say especially things that are like oddly specific you know <laughs> you have to kind of just pay attention to uh, these repeating types of things that come up um, and it's also like can be a validation that you're sort of on the right track so what are other kinds of signs that I've gotten man they come in all sorts of forms you can be watching um, a preview for I was watching um, I'll give you an example another one that happened recently so I was uh, talking to my parents and they mentioned this new Elton John movie. They're like, oh, you got to see the new Elton John movie. It's so good. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, I hadn't, um, I hadn't seen him like, um, I'd been, hadn't been to a movie theater in like a couple of years. And then later I'm, I'm biking back from somewhere and I happen to pass by um, a movie theater and I happen to see it's, it's only playing a few movies. One of them is, is Rocket Man, which is the Elton John movie. It's like, oh, that's, that's quite a coincidence. And then, um, but I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if I really feel like seeing a movie. And then I get back to um, the hostel I was staying at. And I'm trying to talk to someone at the front desk. And this guy kind of like just butts in front of me. And I was like, whoa, dude, that was rude. And uh, then he's like, hey, hey, I'm sorry. I need, I need directions to get to this concert place. Uh, I'm going to this concert. Um, it's it's the such and such artist. Um, and then and then um, and Elton John is going to be playing uh, next week at, at the same venue or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. OK, so. I got and then I so I immediately Google uh, the theater that I that I biked by, and I saw the movie was starting in 10 minutes. <laughs> so I went to the movie and it pretty much started like the moment I got there, and I get there and just like the previews for the movie that came up were like exactly related to something I had just been thinking about, like a decision that I had and sort of a an insight that I had that I needed to, you know, step up a little bit more and overcome some some kind of you know, fears that I had about kind of really uh, moving on to like a next, a new phase in my life. And, and these previews, it, it really felt like this whole movie was like literally made for, uh, especially, and even some of the previews were, were like specifically <laughs> projecting some, some images and storylines that I needed to see to help me move forward to my next step in my dream journey. <laughs> so um, that was just so cool. But like, so things happen like that. 
um, you just have to kind of pay attention and tune into these patterns and, and realize the recurring themes. Um, it's really powerful. So again, pay attention to everything somebody says to you. Pay attention to when you see something, don't just, don't just write it off as a coincidence. Like, pay attention to it. Okay, whoa, I just saw this repeating number for like the third time today. Um, I see 1111, Okay, what is what is this really trying to show me here? Um, and you can ask these questions and ask for the guidance, and then it'll it'll come to you, right? And then all of a sudden, a friend might send you a message that kind of says something related to what you were thinking about, and and uh, you start to see the connections between your thoughts and reality, and that your thoughts are creating reality um, and guiding you through, and uh, reality is guiding you all the time. So um, again, those are sort of some examples about paying attention to these signs. And a big part of them is is, is developing trust with them, right? Because at first it feels like someone else is sending you orders, you know. And if, if you if you're someone who likes control, you're like, whoa, who's who's sending me these orders to go here and go there? Maybe I don't want to go there. Maybe I want to go here. Maybe I don't want to see the Ellen John movie. Maybe I want to go there. But like over time, you build trust. Um, it takes it's just like any relationship, right? Like you, you follow it the first time, you see how it works out, and then you trust. Like I remember even before I started this trip there were so many impediments that came up you know there was like these business opportunities on the table there was um you know me tearing my acl and uh you know i was supposed to my knee was still very shaky it was only a couple months at a surgery you're supposed to do at least six months of pt after you get the surgery but i kept getting all these signs about going to this particular place in peru it kept coming up for me um i felt this like very strong excitement around it it's very strong inspiration about it and i was just like you know what i'm just going i just trusted and my first few days i was in lima which is a big uh the sort of major city um, i was walking around my knee was swelling up after 15 minutes of walking and i'm like how am i going to ever function on this trip i can barely walk for 15 minutes i had to rent a bicycle just to get around um, and then it was time for me to go to the amazon and uh, it was it was to a very remote place there so i had to I mean, it was a huge effort like i had to fly there and then took a motorbike to another place and then took a jeep even deeper to the some like remote village in the amazon and then from there we got on this boat and we, we went down the, the amazon river with these like these like 15 15 year old kids that like didn't even really speak spanish because they spoke like quechua i think is the name of their language um and then the boat, we, they're like, they signal me to get off the boat, kind of on the side of the Amazon River. And I'm like, okay, well, what is this about? And then it was already dark at this point. And uh, they're like, no, now we, uh, now we got to hike a few, few um, hours into the jungle. And uh, I was like, oh, well, I can't hike. Like my, my knee is completely shot. And, but they didn't really understand what I'm saying. They just started walking. <laughs> I, I take like 10 steps too. And then there was this like 10 foot snake that um was like just a few feet in front of me and uh the the 15 year old behind me just takes his machete he's like he just like throws it right in front of me for me to stop um he just kind of puts his hand out right in front of me and i stop and i see see the snake and then he kind of like scares it away and i was able to communicate with him a little bit about the snake and he i was like oh is that poisonous he's like yeah like if it bites you like you definitely die no 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 chance <laughs> you're done I was like, okay, that's reassuring. So I'm like injured, walking through the Amazon jungle uh, with a very unstable knee. Oh, and I forgot, a pitch dark night and it was raining. So I was very worried and I was like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to make it through this. I'm definitely going to tear my ACL again. It's all over. You know, why did I trust these stupid signs? Oh my God, my whole life is going to fall apart. And, uh, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I just got to do it. I just got to keep going. And uh, when I got to the, the place itself, like I had this overwhelming feeling that like I was in the right place. And uh, the next morning I woke up, like 90% of the swelling had gone down in my knee. And uh, I was able to go on hikes for my whole, the whole rest of my time there. I was able to go on like hikes throughout the Amazon to different waterfalls and all this kind of stuff. So um, it was just like, I feel like that was kind of just like the reward. Hey, look, see, reality doesn't work the way you think it does. You just got to trust. So this lesson of trust has just been continual for me. Um, and it's been this like continual surrender as well to, to this like higher intelligence that's been guiding me. And it kind of gets more and more difficult, to be honest, as the time goes. It ups its game because just like kind of I talked about before, it goes from like the yellow belt to the blue belt to the, you know, purple belt, whatever. It gets more and more difficult. So you, you, you sink into deeper and deeper levels of trust. Um, over time and again 
having these deeper levels of trust, it gives you so much more presence in your life. You, you feel held. You feel like you're taken care of. Uh, you feel like you have nothing to really worry about. Uh, you feel like you'll always be guided to the right experience at the right time. Um, and it really, it really feels like that. Um, so really recommend just trying to tune in more to the patterns that are showing up in your life. It could be anything, right? And, and to some extent, you could even create them, you know? Like I, I had certain moments where I uh, had a certain idea about something or insight about something, and then all of a sudden, like uh, a, a, a leaf would like fall off the tree and, and come right right in front of my vision. And be like, whoa, and it just kind of got my attention. So part of it isn't even about like what's happening. It's not like, oh, leaves are messages from the divine, you know? It, it's just like, it's it's sort of the sense that you get where all of a sudden you're, something kind of clicks and you kind of feel like this, um, I don't know, this sort of like attentiveness that sort of just all of a sudden comes over you. And it seems like all of a sudden your, your attention was directed to something in your experience. Like, like in the way that all of a sudden, whoa, my attention just got focused on the clock all of a sudden, or whoa, my attention just got focused on this leaf going by, or, or this feather going by, or um, so it's just you kind of just it's you you have you we don't realize we have this interactive experience with everything around us, and we, we see everything as so stationary, and that we're so separate from it, but it's it's always trying to talk to you. The dream is always trying to talk to you um, if you have the ears to listen. So. I highly recommend trying to tune in more to these signs, asking for them more, um, thinking about having the intention to see them more, and just paying attention to the things that are going on in your life and not just writing them all off. Oh, well, I'm overthinking this. This is just a coincidence. Or, oh, yeah, well, I shouldn't just do that because she said that or he said that. Sure, of course, those people are going to tell me to do this. You know, it's not like you should just listen to everything everybody tells you. You have to use some discernment. But, um, you know, pay attention to these repeating patterns and also pay attention to how you feel when you hear about it. It's okay if there's a little bit of fear coming up. That's like natural because these things are usually going to guide you um, to things that are outside your comfort zone. That's kind of the whole point, you know, is that you you deconstruct all the fears that are keeping you inside of this limited experience. So that's all it is, right? It's, we talked about that, how how um, the beliefs, your belief systems are the fabric by which your reality functions, and pr- particularly the ones that are keeping you in a limited experience are your beliefs that are based in fear. So um, it's always going to be guiding you towards these experiences that are a little bit uncomfortable for you, but usually there's also kind of a sense of like excitement as, as well. Um, so you kind of have to tune into that, um, and how, how they make you feel. Um, so again, so signs, really great way of helping you navigate and, uh, and, and basically interrupting your rational mind. And over time, like, just like any relationship, you build trust by following the signs and uh, developing deeper and deeper levels of trust. I'll just give a couple, I'll give you a couple extreme examples of times that I've done this. Not that you need to immediately do like crazy things like that and perhaps like I'll lose all my credibility when I tell some of these stories. <laughs> but um, just to kind of show you like how deep it goes. Um, I'll use some maybe more extreme examples, but it doesn't, ha- again, it doesn't have to be this extreme. It can be kind of simple things as well. Um, so like one example was I, um, I came down with this horrible stomach virus at some point. Um, but again, I had, I was pretty tuned in at this point. I had a sense that it wasn't really about the stomach virus. It was kind of like this, it was, my body was being cleared out, you know, basically all this crap. Hey, no, thank you. Um, I was being cleaned out of all this like junk that I consumed basically my whole life and uh, but I I, you know the sickness just wasn't going away it wasn't going away Um, I was just like I'm not gonna get into too much detail but let's let's just say uh, there was a lot coming out of my body from every which way direction and I was having a fever and I was completely by myself I was still actually in Peru at this point Um, and I like literally couldn't even go down the stairs and leave the leave my room because to go get food or water because I like had to go to the bathroom literally every three minutes. Like so I, I couldn't even like hold it in long enough to go to get to get water. Um, it was that bad. So this continued for days, um, and then I'd I'd also I'd booked like a, a tour to go to Machu Picchu as well at some point and the guy calls me the day before he's like okay meet me downstairs at like 5 a.m and uh we'll go i was like oh you know what um i 
5 a.m. tomorrow. I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go anymore. I feel I feel kind of sick, and he, he's just like, no, no, no. It's like, don't worry about it. Like, it'll be okay. I'll stop by there tonight to give you like your tickets for the, the train and everything like that. Uh, it'll be fine. So you'll you'll feel better later today or whatever. You might like you'll might still start feeling better. So the guy comes. I'm able to like waddle down to the lobby to meet this guy. He gives me the tickets, and I was like, oh, I appreciate this, and, you know, I don't need a refund, but, like, I just let you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go tomorrow, so I, I'm still feeling, like, horribly ill. And then, you know, he starts talking to me, and then all of a sudden, his tone of voice just slightly changed, I felt my attention just, like, focus in for a moment. And then he just, he just said, he said, go to, he, it was like, it felt like he was giving me instructions, and at this, at this moment, I was really tuned in. To what he was saying and i realized like this wasn't even really him talking right this is like a message coming to me he said he said um, go to the drugstore down the block on the corner ask for this medication take one pill uh tonight uh one pill when you wake up in the morning and by the time you get on the train you'll be feeling fine and then he just kind of left and I was just like, what just happened? Like, that was weird that he, like, he's, this guy's not a pharmacist. Like, how does he know what medication I should take and where, everything? And, like, and it was just the way, the way it happened just, like, really caught my attention. And I was like, hmm, maybe there's something to this. So I immediately went down the block, got this medication from the pharmacy, went up to my room, and I was going to take it. And I, I started reading the bottle, and I realized it had uh, the active ingredient in it was sulfa. And um, I was told that I was allergic to sulfa, as well as a few other types of antibiotics. From a young age, my parents always told me that I had an anaphylactic reaction to sulfa, which basically means that your your throat swells up and you can stop breathing. So my whole life, <laughs> you know, I've always written down I'm allergic to sulfa, sulfa, amoxicillin, keflex, sulfa, amoxicillin, keflex. It was drilled into my brain. You know, I'm always allergic to those. I always write them on every form, everything like that. So boom, this, this had sulfa in it, but I was told that I was, I was literally would stop breathing if I had sulfa. So again, this test was coming up at this time because I was in a very kind of like <laughs> not believing in the dream phase. So it knew it had to throw some pretty hard things at me. Um, that's also why I think I already told the story about me getting um, stung by a scorpion. Um, so this is this is when I was in this kind of phase, you know, so it had to throw out something pretty difficult to get me to not trust You know, it, had to, it was sending me some pretty difficult tests uh, But I I was I recognized what was happening and I realized like, okay How do I really know that I'm allergic to sulfa? I've been I remember being told that I remember being told a lot of things, but again It's, it's just this very deep level of trust that I had and very deep level of confidence that this was a message sent to me. So again, I don't, I'm not saying you should go start doing random things that are very risky. It's all in the context and the awareness that comes in the moment. So in this moment, I was very aware that this was a message that I got and it was testing my level of trust. And so I took one pill that night. I took, I woke up, I took one pill that morning and um, was still feeling horrible. I get picked up in the morning um, actually, so many crazy things happened that time. Like, I was on my—I woke up two hours late, um, and then I, I called the guy, and I was like, "I'm sorry, like I must have missed the car. Uh, I woke up late." And he's like, "No, no, no, they just arrived." You know, and I was just like, I go downstairs, I get in the car, I'm like, "I'm so sorry. Like, you guys must have been waiting here for so long. Like, we're gonna miss the train." Blah blah blah. blah. And they're like, "No, no, no, we just pulled up like two minutes ago," like as if everything was normal. You know, and then I remembered, oh yeah, it's not like. I'm projecting all these experiences as I go, so there's no such there's no such thing as ever being late to anything, um, necessarily. Of course, the the characters that you meet might, you know, say that say that you're late to continue your old paradigm of reality operating, but it's not really the case. So we get into this car. I'm like holding it in like crazy, uh, barely make it through the car ride. Felt like I was gonna explode. <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell, universe? You said if I take the... Well, luckily, I didn't stop breathing. So that was... I was just happy about that. Um, but I, uh, you know, we're, we're going. And I was just like, I thought this was going to go away, whatever. So I, as soon as I get on this train, I go to the bathroom. And um, and when I, when I came out, I felt 100% better. Like, all the fever went away. All the stomach cramps and nausea went away. I never... And then from that point on, I never... I didn't, didn't get the fever never came back. I never had to like throw up again, any of that. 
So um, that was just kind of like, again, showing, hey, look, you trusted. Now you see you, you got over one more fear and built more trust in this like intelligence that's guiding you. So there was, this was a part of developing the relationship. Um, and then it's actually funny on that train ride, I got like a lot of very interesting signs. So I just come off again, this very deep experience with um, ayahuasca in the, in the Amazon. And there was a lot of these themes coming up about how this whole process is like a rebirth, rebirth. And it's like becoming your eternal uh, self. It's becoming, um, yeah. So I just kind of kept getting like these signs around uh, rebirth and the signs around um, you know, eternity. And I was talking to my friend before I even left on this Machu Picchu trip. And he was, he was saying the same things. He's like, yeah, man, it's like a going through a rebirth. You're becoming immortal, you know, kept saying that. And then <laughs> after coming out of the bathroom, my train of the train and feeling better, I returned to my seat. I started talking to this girl next to me. And then there were these two uh, Peruvian guides sitting across from us on the train. We start, we all started chatting. Um, and then the uh, Peruvian guys asked the, the girl next to me what her name was. She said, my, my name is Athanancia. Um, and she was, she was a, you know, an American girl from, um, you know, lived in New York and everything, but it was a very exotic name. So they asked her uh, what the origins of the name is. And she said, oh, it's a Greek name and it means uh, immortality. <laughs> this is just the theme that was already coming up. And then shortly after, uh, there was an eagle that kind of was fly, that flew pretty close by to the train and the, the Peruvian guides immediately pointed out uh, the eagle and then they told this whole story about the eagle, about how the eagle at a certain point in, in its life, it goes off and finds um, a secluded place and it sort of like plucks out like all of its feathers and like tears, basically tears itself apart for these, uh, for them to like grow back anew and sort of like this rebirthing process. So the eagle uh, was a symbol for rebirth. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> so that was just another, uh, another example of <laughs> crazy signs that appear and just being able to, to tune into these coincidences. And, and these things, people also call them synchronicities. You might've heard that term or these like sort of um, coincidences that seem a bit beyond probability. Um, and again, these things will, will happen more and more as you deepen into your own awareness of the dream. Because again, like your, your thoughts are sort of have an interface with reality as well. Like they're, they're I mean, at a very deep level, they're projecting all of it. But even your conscious mind, as, as it becomes closer to that deeper level of mind, um, you'll see a more, a heavier influence over your thoughts and reality. Um, and there'll be so, so uh, more frequent so-called uh, glitches in the matrix, where you, where you see things that are just completely beyond uh, probability and, and the rational mind. Um, and they start happening so often that they're just, you can't really deny them anymore. Um, but again, in order for them to happen, you have to, um, you know, ask for them, want them to happen. Um, and it's also just sort of a natural process, right? It'll, it'll start happening when um, the moment for you to realize uh, the deeper connection between your thoughts and reality um, comes into play. Okay, so this all sounds great, sounds awesome, but uh, the problem with it is uh, with these signs and these synchronicities and it's amazing when it happens and you just feel this deep sense of magic, <laughs> like really reality becomes start magical, quite magical. Um, but it's not really something that it feels like you can control so much, right? It kind of is just sort of a grace that it happens, sort of a, uh, a, a gift that comes to you. But uh, so what to do in those situations where you're not getting any signs or you're not seeing all these synchronicities and you're not in this magical world that Jeremy seems to be living in, um, what to do then uh, when you're making decisions? 